Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open them and find your way to Colossians chapter 4. Today, we will actually finish this little letter. We've been in it for 11 weeks together. We took a little break during Advent, but we've been done 11 weeks total. And I'm excited to finish today. So often, we start these Bible series and then... I never get to the end. Um, if some of you are, have been here long enough to remember the Gospel of John, uh, Alicia says, I remember it. It was my high school. I, I call it high school. Uh, we were in there for four years. But uh, this is exciting. We'll finish today. Uh, Paul here is wrapping up this letter. He's going to give one more little block of teaching and, and command for that little church as they are living out the Jesus life in the city of Colossae. And then he's going to talk about who's on the team. And he gives all kinds of these family or greetings. And out of that part, I hope that you hear, you're going to hear all these strange sounding names. But on the team, you're going to hear uh, Greek names and, and more Jewish names. You're going to hear uh, male names. You're going to hear female names. You're, you're going to hear one about a slave who is coming back but is to be received as a brother. In fact, that... Slave's name is Onesimus, and there's a whole other letter uh, called Philemon that was written uh, just around this relationship between Philemon and Onesimus, but we won't get into that. Uh, I guess we just did. Um, you're going to hear, I hope what you'll hear in this is that there's hope if all of these different kinds of names could be on God's team, then maybe, just maybe, there's a place for you on God's team. And then Paul finishes with a great way of reminding us of sometimes the cost of following the Jesus way. But let's hear this together as we read from Colossians chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 2. And would you stand in honor, if you're able to, stand in honor of the Word of God this morning for us. Paul writes here, Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it dearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Everybody say grace with me seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with 
Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sorry, sends you his greeting, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Yeshua, or Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, See that it is also read in the church of Laodicea that you in turn read and you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. The word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, today is the day of the big game, right? All right, anybody, any Chiefs fans? A few of you? All right. Any Niners fans? A couple of you? Okay. Any of you saying, I don't care, go Lions? All right. See, I am. many of you have asked me today, you realize they're not in it. My Steelers. And I say yes, but I am symbolizing hope for next year. (laughs) Steelers-Lions in the next Super Bowl, right? Can I get an amen on that? That'd be good. That'd be a great, that'd be a great Super Bowl. I I hope the NFL script writers can get that one accomplished for next year. Here we go. Today is the big game. And for the game to happen, of course, we're going to see that they have put on their uniforms. Let's see if this is working today. There we go. That's not the correct uniform, but it's a good uniform right there. They have gone through all the practice. There they are, out stretching, getting ready. They have done all of that. But there's one part that we don't often talk about that needs to be talked about. And that is the time that each player spends with coaches and other team members going over the film. Now, going over the film is they film, I don't know if you know this, they film all the games. Some teams film the practices of other teams. We won't talk about the Patriots. <laughs> but they go over the film, and the purpose of going over the film with the coach is to have new eyes and to get back into that situation to see, could there be anything that, was, that could be done differently or better? Are there ways that that player works and tries to get advantage of you, and maybe you can find a different way around. Well, today, as we close this letter, Colossians, we have seen over these last few weeks, calls us to change uniforms. We talked about that about three or four weeks ago, where we take off the old. It doesn't make sense to put a uniform on over your regular clothes. That would look silly and wouldn't fit. 
You have to take off those clothes and put on the new. We talked about the new uniform that Christ died for us to have. Last week we talked about being called into practice and what practice of our faith looks like is vulnerable service. That just like Jesus entered into our lives and vulnerably served to the point of death, you and I are now called into that vulnerable service. This week we are looking at film watching. Or, the spiritual word that we give it is the word prayer. So we're going to be looking at this because what it is, is prayer is the opportunity to see life through a different set of eyes. And you have access to our great coach. It is the eyes of Jesus that can see your life and your days and your time and encourage you on how you can do something different give you wisdom in how you might engage in that conversation. And this is vitally important. In fact, so important that Paul says it is a command. For that word, when you see that word devote, that word is not a, if you feel like it, the very language of the grammar of the Greek word there means that it is an imperative. It is a command. Paul says this is not optional. You are commanded to devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And just like watching the film isn't optional for NFL players, it is not optional for us to not devote ourselves to prayer as followers of Jesus. Now, some of you are already like, okay, but I don't know how. I don't know the words to say. Uh, I know we did the Lord's Prayer today. Well, that's a good place to start. It's a wonderful place to start. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they ask him, how do we pray? I, I think if Jesus said it, that's probably a good way to do it. You can pray that way, but take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. This isn't as hard as it sounds. And I hope at the end of our service today, you will have a practice to carry you through the season of Lent, which begins this Wednesday, our Ash Wednesday service at 7 o'clock. You're going to want to be there. It's It's a different service. If you've never been to one, it's a very different service than what we normally do on Sundays. But I, I really encourage you to be a part of it. This isn't as hard as it sounds. I hope you're going to have a wonderful practice to take with you through the season of Lent, to watch film with Jesus each evening. All that this prayer life really requires is openness. And I believe that Paul is going to show us in these few verses, verses 2 through 6, he's going to talk with us about four ways to have a posture of openness as you look at the film of your life in prayer. So let's dive in and let's look at this really quick. Let's look at these four things. The first thing that we see in verse 2 is Paul calls for open eyes in prayer. These are all going to be open. Open, you know, you can just write four times, open and then a line. And we're going to we're going to go down through these. It's going to be a great time. So open eyes, verse 2. What is what does Paul say there? He says, "Devote yourselves, remember that's the imperative, to prayer, being watchful and Thankful. That's interesting, isn't it? He says watchful, and here's our Greek word for the day. It's a fun one to say. Kids, are you ready to say it? Ready? Gregoruntes. I can say it, yes. So easy to say. Ready? Gregoruntes. Ready? One, two, three. Gregoruntes. Let's say it again. One, two, three. 
Greg Oruntes. One more time, just for fun. One, two, three. Greg Oruntes. Greg Oruntes literally means to stay awake. Jesus used this word or a form of this word when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and asked his disciples to Greg Oruntes with him. And he kept going back and finding them asleep. Greg Oruntes is usually used in the contest or in the context of a watchman standing on the wall of a city. They Greg Oruntes. They stay awake and they watch and they walk. Now, in those times, there is a double purpose in this staying awake, in this Greg Oruntes. Some of it is what we would typically think about. We're staying alert and watching for attacks. You know, that you want to watch and make sure that no enemies are sneaking up to the castle. And so you're staying alert for that. However, for most of the time, I would say 999 days out of a thousand, more often, being a watchman is staying awake, watching for the light and sounding when the dawn is coming. Or if the Lord is away, you are sounding the alert that He is coming. And you're ready to open the door. So when Paul says we are to pray, we are to devote ourselves to praying Gregoruntes, he means you're supposed to stay awake in prayer and be aware of these opportunities where the Lord is returning, where the light is coming in. Yes, there is the awake to be alert for those things that might harm us, but more often than not, it is to be awake To know when the Lord is entering the situation. When the Lord is coming, when the light of His dawning is coming in to whatever situation you have. I wonder sometimes, have we gotten these out of proportion? These two ideas behind Gregoruntes. Are we missing the certainty that the Lord is returning to our situations because we're spending way too much time staying awake about enemies? And we wind up being so fearful that we miss the opportunities where Christ is coming in with His dawn and His light into the midst of that situation. And if we're not careful, we'll get these out of balance. And we'll be so fearful that we miss being awake for His returning. Gregoruntes is an important word. When we do this, then we miss the second word that Paul says. We miss thankfulness. Because if we're so afraid we don't see the Lord's returning into our situation, how can we be thankful for it? It is difficult to be full of thanks when we're full of fear. That's just the way things are. It is difficult to be full of thanks When we are full of fear, we have to keep these in balance. Let's move on. Number two is open doors. Open doors. And Paul writes, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. I almost wrote in here that we another another point to have an open mouth but i think nowadays maybe we should just kind of sometimes be quiet paul is praying for an open door in prison <laughs> i can just see the people in class say yeah i bet paul is praying for an open door in prison but i got to thinking about it you know paul had experienced 
prisons before. Acts chapter 16 talks about where he and Silas were thrown in prison. They were actually put in stocks with chains. And yet they praised the Lord in the midst of this. And the story goes that the foundations were shaken and the chains and the stocks were open. And Paul and the door was open and Paul could have walked out. In fact, the guard thought everybody had escaped and was about to take his own life because he knew Caesar would do it if he didn't. When Paul said, no, we're still here. Don't do that. There was a conversion. Paul understood that if Jesus wanted him out of that prison, there was no prison that could hold him. So he's praying differently than what we would pray for, I think, if we were in prison that if the Lord, he knew or understood that if the Lord wasn't opening the door for him to leave right now, then there must be some purpose in this prison where he is. And so he changes from praying open doors so I can escape. And he asks us, he asks that church to pray for an open door, but not so he can get out, but so the word of Christ can get in. This is a difference when you understand that Christ has done everything. And you are to pray with your eyes awake so you can announce His returning, the light of His dawning coming into your situation. Then you begin to realize, if I haven't been taken out of this prison, there must be some purpose in it. And our prayer then changes because we know who's in control. We know... That if there's purpose in this prison, then the prayer is, God, open the door, not so I can get out of this prison, but so that your message can get in. Because when your word comes in, it changes everything. And Paul proclaims, I simply want an opportunity to speak clearly about Jesus. Folks, when was the last time, maybe you're in a prison of a job that you don't like. Maybe you're in the prison of a family that you just can't seem to get along with. Maybe you're in the prison of situations that are going on. When was the last time you prayed for the door to open so that Christ's Word could come into your situation instead of, so I can escape from my situation? You know, Jesus is still in the business of transforming our lives in the midst of difficulty, not always just getting us out of the difficulty. And we are called, Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. Be awake. Have open eyes. But pray for open doors that His Word can come in. Number three, we're called to have open hearts. We see this in in verse 5. He says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity that you are given. Folks, wisdom isn't always about words. I think when I think about wisdom, maybe when you think about wisdom, we think of like a professor up in front of, of his class and he's standing at the lectern. He's so wise and he's so, he just has so much information, intellectual information. He opens his mouth or her mouth, you know, could be a, a female professor. And it just comes out. The wisdom comes out in the words. And, and if you could just be a receptive uh, receptacle for that, you also will begin to grow in wisdom. But Paul says, be wise in your actions. Which means that wisdom isn't always about words. We say this still today. 
Say it with me. Actions speak louder than what? Words. Actions say something. And Paul is saying, in your actions, be wise to others. Your actions speak louder than words. And when he writes there, make the most of every opportunity, that word, make the most, we're not going to learn it today, it's even worse than Gregor Runtes, really means literally redeem or rescue every opportunity you have with others. That changes things. Because if you're redeeming or rescuing something, that means if that relationship has already gone off the rails or is, is wounded in some way, that we are called to have open hearts and let our wise actions speak to try and bring that relationship, to rescue it, to redeem it, to bring it back so that they might have the opportunity then with the open door of hearing the Word of Christ come into their lives and into their situation. I think about this, wise actions and actions speaking louder than words. I happened to meet one time the Portage uh, City. Uh, the, he, he basically is in charge of all the maintenance for the city of Portage. And I talked to him. I said, um, hey, if you could have, mm, I, I was trying to be conservative, 40 to 60 volunteers. What are some things that you don't have the money to pay for somebody else to do? But what if we could do that for you? And he said, where's your church? I told him. We were right up here. He said, right down here on Oakland, not too far from your church, Oakland and Millam. We have not had the money or the resources or the time to just clean up those spaces. Those green spaces that are down there. If you drive down there, it's still green today. So we went down and we cleaned. We were wise in our actions. And we cleaned up so much. He told me, he said, whatever you find in there, just move it to the curb and I'll send our guys. We will have time to come and just clean everything up. I am not kidding you. How many of you were a part of that day, that cleanup day? Some of you, quite a few of you. We left on Millam and Oakland a stack of trash that we took out all the way down the, the green space curbs that was about this high. I heard from that city planner, city manager. He said, I said, we do okay? Is everything all right? He's like, are you kidding me? Uh, the guys who came to pick it up said, did you call out the National Guard? <laughs> he said, no, I called out the Nazarenes. <laughs> Folks, that, that is wise action. And cities and churches have historically not always gotten along. I think that's, that we should. I think cities should want churches in their communities because they make communities healthier. I, I believe that with the core of who I am. The problem is, is that a lot of times our churches take up prime real estate, pay no taxes, and only show up at community meetings when we're upset or frustrated or want to express our anger. But Paul says, if you're going to have an open heart, you are called to be wise in your action and rescue, redeem every opportunity that you are given. What opportunities are we being given? That's something we need to begin to dream about, to devote ourselves, to be awake and thankful about. 
Lastly, we are called to have open conversations. Verse 6, Paul writes, Let your conversations be always full of being right. Nope, doesn't say that, does it? Let your conversations always be full of politics. Nope. Surely doesn't say that. Let your conversations be always full of what? Grace. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Open conversations have two elements according to Paul. The first, we've, we've said a couple of times because I want to make sure we get it, and that is grace. The word for grace is the word charis. It simply means gift blessing, or favor. Folks, our conversations are to be filled with, yes, that co-worker, with, yes, that difficult family member, with, yes, that person that you're married to, with, yes, with that, that child that God has blessed you with, or children that God has blessed you with. Yes, you are to be filled with gift and blessing and favor in those conversations with them. This Tuesday will be 11 years since my dad passed away, since I heard his voice. I've been thinking about that. It always kind of creeps up this time of year. And my, my memory feeds are all reminding me of, of, you know, this time 11 years ago. But it also makes me think about the kind of person my dad was. And one of the things that many of you who knew him often say to me is that when you were talking with Doug McVeigh, you knew that he was listening. That there was no other place he, want, he would rather be, or even if he did, he was focused right then, right there. When I think of a grace-filled conversation, I love to think of my dad. To know that in that conversation, he was saying to you or to, uh, to me or to whoever, gift, blessing, favor. And somehow, as his son, even when I was really messing things up, even his corrections had blessing and gift and favor. What about your conversations? Second, it says that they, they're seasoned with salt. Well, salt does something. Salt makes you thirsty at the same time while it brings out more flavor. Church, do our conversations express gift and favor and blessing, which is grace. And does that then make, does our conversation, do your conversations make that person thirsty because they are just seeing more flavor come into life? Think about the conversations you have on a regular basis. Are they filled with gift and blessing? Do they cause people to want more? Because it's been enhanced in the flavor. How are we doing with open conversation, church? Are our words filled with favor and blessing? Or are they filled with fear and blame? Church, do we see our time with others as an opportunity to rescue or redeem that relationship and situation? Or do we assume that others aren't interested in hearing about Jesus? Are we so focused on getting out of our prisons that we are missing opportunities for Christ to get into them? Are we so anxious about our enemies that we are missing the arrival of Jesus right now into our everyday lives.
Well, as we move into this next season called Lent, which is an intentional time every year to allow God to look on the inside, I'm going to ask us, are we willing to commit to sitting with the coach and watch some film? You can call it prayer if you want. You can call it watching film with Jesus if you want. Whatever allows you to enter into this season because you know that He loves you and has the best for you. That He looks at you and His conversation with you is going to be gift and blessing and favor. And it's going to be seasoned with salt that enhances what He's doing in your life and what He's calling you into. You're going to want more and more. You want to go deeper and deeper. So here we have evening prayer for Lent. You can write these down at the end. The last slide will keep these five things that I'm going to invite you to do. I think, honestly, if you journal at it and you take a long time in writing, this might take you 15 minutes an evening. But I believe that God can use it to really begin to transform our lives. Number one, you simply get some quiet time, maybe before bed. Say, where did I see Christ at work today? Ask the question out loud. And then whatever you begin to do in the film of your life, write some of those things down. You might find that there were some opportunities where Christ wanted to come in, but we weren't Gregoruntes. We weren't awake to that. Number two, Give thanks for the moments where you see Christ entering into that situation. Man, I just didn't have the words for that person and we were having a difficult conversation and I literally felt like Christ gave me the words to say in that situation. Awesome. Thank God for that. Take that moment and give thanks. Number three, be honest and say, what prison does Jesus need to come into? Where do you need him to enter in to those difficult situations? Write them out. Speak them out. That is okay. If it has been a long time, maybe your prayer begins to shift from God, get me out of this prison, to Christ Jesus, come into this prison. I need you more than I need escape. Invite Christ into that moment. Number four, ask Was my heart open in my interactions? Go back through the conversations of your day. Was my heart open? Was I speaking with gift and favor and blessing? Were my words seasoned with salt? How, and lastly, leads right into the last one, how were my conversations today? This is something that kids can do. This is something that adults can do. This is something, honestly, you could do around the dinner table after, after dinner. Just go around. Each person take a moment. If, if you'd like to do that, you can do that. This is something you can do together. It doesn't all have to be private. It can also be corporates together to be able to do that. I'll get right back to that in just one second. But I want you to understand this, church. We need to understand this. That if we want others to decide for Christ, we must begin to go over the details of our lives with Christ. Because as we watch film with Him, the coach will come right next to us and begin to say, hey, there's an opportunity. Have you ever thought about saying this? Have you ever thought about this action? Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever, what about this? And you will begin to see 
in our lives, in your life, in our life together, people who want to now begin to decide for Jesus. So I'm going to ask us to commit this Lent season to these five things. You know, I I would say every night, that's wonderful. (laughs) I know some of you work very physical jobs and you're tired at night. Maybe you need to do it in the morning. That's okay. The most important thing is that we do it. It's time for us to begin letting Christ go over the details of our life and coach us so that we can begin to see others decide for Jesus. I hope you realize from all those names we read earlier that you can be on this team. Paul closes in a strange way by saying, remember my chains. Remember my chains. Remember where he is. And that he is not alone. He sees purpose in the prison. He's staying awake. And he's inviting us to pray. To pray. That Christ would come in to where we are. And make a difference. Would you bow your heads? And let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this letter. That I have so enjoyed going through. Thank you for laying it on my heart. I pray that I've taken these opportunities to speak clearly about how we can infinitely know You and continue to get to know You, the mystery of Christ. I pray that as we enter into the season of Lent, we would dare to take on this practice of watching film with You. That we would enter knowing that You're on our side, That your hope, your words, your actions are filled with grace, gift, favor, blessing. Remind us each night that we can to sit and allow you to go over these questions with us. Because Lord, we want to as a church see people who do not know you come to experience Your grace that forgives and heals, that saves and redeems, that calls us into real life. This is so much bigger than any Super Bowl could ever be. So help us, Lord. And as we go through this season with these questions, watching film with You, Would you ignite within us as a church the passion to see people come to know Jesus, to know you. For we pray and we ask all these things in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? Now, before I get to this blessing, some of you need to go home today and make chili. I don't want to have chilies and 60 people show up, all right? Uh, so make some chili. Come on out. You don't have to compete. It'll just be fun. Just make some chili. Come out. We're going to have a great time together tonight. I know I'm making my chili, so come on. Help me out. But receive this blessing. And now, brothers and sisters here and online, may you... Devote yourselves to prayer. Be awake. Be thankful. 
pray that you would see the doors open and the word of Christ coming in to your life, into your situations, into your relationships. I pray that you will have open hearts and open conversations, both with those around you that God has placed in your life and an open conversation with the coach himself. I pray you will go and watch film during this season of Lent. And may we, as a church, see people decide for Christ because we've simply gone over the details of our life with Christ. I pray that you go in His joy, in His peace, and in His love. And I pray these things and bless you in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Go in His joy. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.